guys, we're going to be in two places. Um, I'm going to start in Joshua chapter 3, and then we're going to go back to Exodus uh, just to kind of read. These two events, are, are you're meant to think about them together. And so I just want us to think about them together this morning by reading God's Word. And so I'm in Joshua chapter 3, starting in verse 9. It says, Then Joshua told the Israelites, Come closer and listen to the words of the Lord your God. He said, you'll know that the, uh, that the living God is among you and that he will certainly dispossess before you the Canaanites, the Hedites, the, uh, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord uh, of the whole earth goes ahead of you into the Jordan. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man for each tribe. When the feet of the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord of the whole earth come to rest in the Jordan's water, its water will be cut off. The water flowing downstream will stand up in a mass. It says, when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant ahead of the people. Uh, now the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season. But as soon as the priests carrying the Ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water and its edge, and the water flowing downstream stood still, rising up in a mass that extended as far as a dam. Okay? And, uh, and then they're going to go on, they're going to finish crossing the Jordan. Like, like this, is, this is miles away, a mass of water rises up in the air, and they're going to walk across on completely dry ground. Pretty, pretty cool. Something similar, you might remember, happened all the way back in the book of Exodus. In Exodus uh, chapter 14, uh, I'm going to start in, uh, in verse, eh, let's start in verse 15, right? Uh, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp as for you. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. As far as, uh, as for me, I'm going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they'll go in after them. I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh, all of his army, all of his chariots, all of his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I receive glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God who was going in front of Israelite forces moved, went behind them. The pillar cloud moved uh, from in front of them, stood behind them. It came between the Egyptians, the Israelite forces. Remember, they're being chased, pursued by Pharaoh. Their backs are now against the Red Sea. It looks pretty perilous. Uh, it says, verse 21, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. That's what the Lord had told him to do. The Lord drove back the sea with a powerful east wind all that night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided. The Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall to them on the right and their left. And so both instances, children of God, wall of water, miracle happening. Uh, what can we learn from all of that? All right. Here's, here's, here's where I think we are. All right. Just one main idea this morning. It's this, that to truly experience the depths of God's love, to truly experience the depths of God's love, uh, we must learn to trust Him. All right. To truly experience the depths of God's love, we must learn to trust him. There is a Christian marriage and family therapist named Dr. Gary Bell. Uh, he says that faith is more commonly used in, in kind of a spiritual connotation. Like, like that's what we're doing here, right? We're here. Uh, we, we put our faith in God, right? Faith is that believing without seeing. And he's like, that's, that's primary spiritual. It has to do with our spiritual walk, those kind of things. But he, but he says when it, when it comes to relationships, uh, trust is, is, what's, is what's key. And so he says, trust is an important concept in relationship. Trust is what leads to deep relational connection. Trust uh, in, in, in another person is what, what leads to a deep relational 
connection, right? And, and, and that's what God wants of us. God doesn't want us just to, 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 to have some kind of head knowledge about Him. He wants us to have a personal, deep relationship with Him. And the key to that, according to this guy, is, is learning to, to trust Him, right? Is, is learning to, to trust Him. So last week we talked about uh, the Israelites. They were about to cross. We talked about the courage necessary to do that, right? Uh, Joshua 1, God says three times, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Uh, that, that's, that's the way that God is, refers to completeness. So we said, like, listen, to have complete courage uh, necessary to do scary stuff that God calls us to do, uh, right? We, we have to believe. We have to believe these three things. We have to believe that God knows exactly what He's calling us to, we have to believe that God knows us, that, that we're going to be afraid. That's why he, he says, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, be strong and courageous. And we also have to believe that God will provide, because that's who He is. It's not just something He does, it's who He is. So that's how we can have complete courage. But y'all, uh, courage isn't enough, right? Courage isn't Our spiritual lives are not just about uh, finding the courage to do things that scare us. There's way more, uh, more to it than that. So this week, we're actually talking about the crossing itself, and it required a lot more than courage. It required trust. And when, Israelite, when the Israelites trusted God, it did something. It created a deep connection. Remember, this is a new generation, y'all. This is not the generation that saw God part the Red Seas. This is a new generation. They had to learn that God loved them personally. That the promise of God was for them personally. Not just for their parents. This is for them. They had to experience that deep level connection with God. And it only happened through trust. So two big trust moments. I'll show you the one here in Joshua. I'll point out the one that happens in Exodus. But Joshua 3, 15 through 16. This is their moment of trust. Now the Jordan overflows its banks uh, throughout the harvest season. So, so listen, uh, it is at flood capacity, y'all. It is raging waters. And this is what God says. As soon as the priests carrying the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water at its edge, and the water flowing downstream stood still uh, in a mass. So, so God's instruction is, is not like, hey, hey, get close to the Jordan, I'll take care of it. Right? By the way, that's usually how God works. God doesn't say, like, hey, while well, you're a long way off, before any trust is required, I got this. Like, like, it's super easy. I got this, right? God is usually like, hey, um, I want you to trust me. And so guess what? I'm going to wall off the water, but you got to get in first. Whoo! Right? We love that message, don't we? What? Wait, you want me to jump into the flood, Lord? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I want you to carry the holy, uh, like the holiest symbol of, of my presence. With I want you to get in the water. And then God's like, whoa, God could have done this a totally different... So why did God choose to do it this way? Because he wanted to teach them about trust. He wanted to teach them about obedience. The same thing happened back in Exodus, right? In Exodus 14, 21, uh, it, it, like the Israelites' backs are now against the Red Sea and, and, and they have a moment. By the way, they're freaking out going, Moses, why didn't you just leave us there? Why are you trying to kill us here? Oh my gosh, they're coming after us. And God's like, trust me. So he tells Moses, hold out your staff uh, over the sea, and, uh, and the Lord drives back that sea. And so ultimately, I want you to understand this morning, I believe the same thing is required of each of us. We've got to, if we want that deep connection with God, we have to learn to trust Him. We have to learn to trust Him, right? And, and, and so uh, I, I want to talk about that this morning. I think the place to start is with this simple but really important truth. Ready? And it's this, there's a difference between faith and trust. 
All right? We use those as synonyms, but there's actually a difference between faith and trust. So I, I just want to walk through that this morning. Uh, and let's start here that, that faith is the confidence that God can and will do what he says. Faith is the confidence that God can and will do what he says. I love that definition. I didn't write it. I totally got it from gotquestions.org. A lot of you email me questions uh, a lot of times, and you're like, wow, how does a pastor know these things? Well, sometimes because I went to seminary, and I studied a lot of times. Other times because I go to gotquestions.org, and I look up the, your questions, and I just send you the link, right? Like, ha-ha, there's a re- great website, great resource. Encourage you to check it out. Has way more information than I do, uh, but, but, it, but it's awesome. Uh, and so I ran across that definition. I was like, I can't write that any better. So I'm just going to share it with you is that, that faith is the confidence of what God can and will do, uh, that he, God can and will do what he says. So we, we looked at this last week. It's Hebrews 11.1. 1. Um, it says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Okay? So faith is confidence in what we hope for. It's assurance of what we do not see. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the difference between uh, faith and trust. I'm going to do my, my best here. Uh, so that you can see things. So, um, for instance, uh, I want you to know, uh, this is really hard. This is a stool. All right? Y'all see it? Y'all see the stool? Okay. It, uh, it has four legs. It's got some... That's not a stool. So, so this... I'm not, I'm not going to stand on that thing. So this... Uh, I, it, Damien, you're already up here, bro. Will you, will you move this around a little bit now that you're here? Just move, move that around. Is that a, is it, it's a little rickety, right? Yeah. Okay, he says it's not stable, but listen, he says it's not stable, speaking of not stable, um, but I, 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 like, listen, it's got four legs, I, I see supports all the way around, some of them are sticking out a little bit, all right, but I, I believe that this will hold me, right, so I've got complete faith that this, this stool will hold me, I, I, whoo, okay, I've got faith, I've got faith that, <laughs> I've got faith that this will hold me, right, uh, so, I, I do. I really, I really believe it. I really, I really do. Why did I choose this analogy again? Um, 1859, there was a guy named Charles Blondin, and uh, he took a two-inch, uh, two-inch wide piece of rope. He tied it around a tree on, on one side of Niagara Falls, and he tied it around a group of rocks on the other side. Sounds crazy to me. And, uh, and, and then he called the press, and he, he literally... Uh, tightrope walked over Niagara Falls. And, and man, people were so shocked by it that he said, hey, I'm going to do it again next week. And then he's like, and I'm going to do it the week out. And every week, he made it harder and harder and harder. And so what happened is people flocked, people showed up every single week to watch this guy named Charles Blondin walk across Niagara Falls. By the way, he made it harder and harder. One time, he sprinted across the rope. Okay? Now, some things are just dumb, y'all. You shouldn't do them. All right? But, but he did them. But, uh, and so the people would show up, kind of like me in this stool, and they would show up, and they had faith. They showed up to see him accomplish what he set out to do. So they had faith. So that is faith. All right? But y'all, trust, trust is a little different. All right? Trust uh, is acting out of the confidence that you have in God. Trust is, is different than faith. Faith, faith is, is, is kind of believing. Uh, by the way, you know, we, we read Hebrews 11. We say, well, faith, faith is, is confidence in, in what I cannot see. Uh, but, but there are some things that we put our confidence in that we can make observations about. Do you know, you, you see God move in other people's lives. You, you feel the Holy Spirit um, when we gather to worship. Um, right, right? There, there are things that we, we can make observations. I, I can look at this stool and go, hey, I, I believe it. It could hold me. 
Those people showed up and they saw Charles Bond and they said, I, I believe that he, he's going to get across. I mean, he's gotten across every single week. I, I believe he's going to do it again. That's faith. But trust is different. Trust is acting out of the confidence that you have in God. So trust isn't believing that this thing can hold me, right? Trust is putting my full weight upon this stool and moving around a little bit. <laughs> pretty comfortable. That's not bad. So one of the weeks that Blondin is there, he says, hey, I got an idea. He's talking to his manager. His manager does all the publicity, has, has the press out every day. He goes, dude, I've got a great idea. He probably didn't say dude because it was 1859, but he should have. Uh, maybe he started dude. I don't know. All right. 1859 says to his manager, hey, I've got a great idea. His manager's like, what, what? He goes, I, I know what will bring the crowds in. He goes, okay, cool, anything. Well, how can I get more people here? He said, all right, get on my back. I'm sure his manager said, what? He said, no, climb on my back. Just climb, climb on. And he's like, are, wait, are, have you lost your mind? He goes, no, dude, just climb on my back, right? Get on my back, and, and here's it, and we'll cross together. And, and, and so, he, he, so his manager does. He climbs on his back, and he's hanging on for dear life. And Blondin's like, hey, by the way, all you do is hang on to me. That is your job. He's like, what? He goes, listen, we're going to get across, and it's going to sway, and I'm going to have to lean to get our balance, but I'm the one that'll keep us from falling. You just cling to me, right? And so you see that day, tons of people showed up, and they had faith that he would cross but only one person had put their complete trust in him to do so. And that was the guy on his back. Right? Y'all in the story, in our story, we're just the guy hanging on to God's back. It's fully his responsibility to keep us from falling. It's fully his responsibility to get us to the other side. Right? Complete trust is saying, God, you've got me. You've got me. You've got everything that I am, my future, my family. You've got me. I, I have nothing to add, right? And so it's different. So I thought about that. How does that play out in our lives, right? And so I thought maybe it'd be good if we had kind of a working definition of trust. And I think this is a pretty good one, even though I wrote it, okay? So I'm just telling, but I think it's pretty good. But here's kind of a working definition of trust for us, that trust is, it's that next one, there we go. Trust is doing... What God says to do, trust is doing what God says to do, when he says to do it, right? Trust is doing what God says to do, when he says to do it, the way he says to do it, even when we can't see how it will work. All right, so I'm going to say that. It's a, it's a mouthful. It's a lot of blanks. So I'll say it one more time. Trust is doing what God says to do, when he says to do it, the way he says to do it, even when we can't see how it will work. And it is absolutely crucial to a deep relationship with God. Wisest man on the face of the earth, uh, to walk the face of the earth other than Jesus, uh, was King David's son Solomon. And Solomon writes this in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. He says, trust the Lord with all of your heart. And, 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 and don't rely on your own understanding. It's like, trust God with everything you are. 
Don't, don't rely on your own wisdom or your own knowledge or your own experience. No, trust God with everything you possess in all your ways. Uh, know him, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Trust God with everything that you exist, with all of your heart. You guys remember another phrase in the Bible that we're called to do with all of our heart? It's like the greatest commandment. You guys remember that one? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. I'm going to tell you, I think those two are inextricably, I think they're completely linked. The more that we trust God with all of our heart, the greater that we can love God with all of our heart. Right? I, I promise you something. Ready? <laughs> Blondin and his manager had a drastically different relationship from that day forward. Right? Like that guy used to be like, oh yeah, I believe you could. Like from that day on, he's like, yep, dude, you got me. Right? I mean, the mo now he probably also said, why did you have me climb on your back again? But every day, he's like, you got me to the other side. Right? Their relationship drastically, drastically changed. Trust is about believing that God loves you so much that he will make a way when there seems to be no way. That's who God is, by the way. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 43, God says, I'm the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. This is what the Lord says, who makes a way in the sea. Right? He makes a way in the sea, a path through raging waters. Like God's literally like, yeah, I'm the God that makes a way where there is no... I make a road where there's no road. Right? Back to the future, let's go. Okay. Because nothing is impossible with me. Wasn't that the message that the angel of the Lord gave to Mary? Right? When God's like, hey, uh, you're going to be the mother of the Son of God. And she's like, what? And, and the angel of the Lord says to her, nothing will be impossible with God. That's what Paul's referencing in Ephesians 3.20 when he closes with this prayer. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. He's saying God can do anything. God can do anything. Our God can do the impossible. So what do we do with all of that? What do we do with this message about our need to trust God? I think there's a few things. I'm going to give them to you and then we're going to let you go. Uh, first and foremost, we have to remain faithful. We have to remain faithful. Faith is important, y'all. Don't get me wrong. Really important. Right? So like, you've you got to have faith that, that the stool will hold you. You've got you to have faith. You've got to show up. You've got to believe. Right? That's really, really crucial. And, and it's okay, by the way, sometimes to go, um, Lord, I believe. Could you help my belief? <laughs> right? Just, just help, help that out a little bit. That's okay. That's okay. But remain faithful. Number two, you've got to keep listening. You've got to keep listening. People of God are people of faith. God calls them to do something. They step out in obedience. Okay, so God says, hey, I want you to cross the Jordan. They're like, yep, we got it. They pack up camp, they get to the Jordan, and then he's like, oh yeah, and you got to step in it. What? What? They had to be listening to those instructions. You, you got to, no, tell the priest, they got to get in. They actually got to get in the flood. What? We got to get in the flood? You got to get in the flood. All right? So we, we have to keep listening. Uh, number three, we have to have a willing spirit. Okay? You've got to have a willing spirit. Right? H how do you think the story ends if the priests of God are like, nope? Right? It's not going to end well. Right? Or the people of God are like, nope. Right? That happened, by the way, in Exodus. People have got, God's like, I'm going to give it to you. They go check it out. Great fruit, man. This is going to be awesome. And then they're like afraid. They're like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to cross over. 
11 disciples stayed in the boat. 11 out of 12, that's not a good batting percentage. 11 out of 12 struck out that day, right? Didn't get to walk on water, 11 to 12, okay? So, so listen, we, we got to have a willing spirit. A, a willing spirit is a flexible spirit. It's people that are willing to do whatever God tells them to do. And y'all, God's, gonna, God's already called us as a church to do some crazy things. He's going to do the same for you. He may call you to start a new ministry. He may tell you to, to, to give, uh, you know, in, in a way that doesn't make sense to you. I, I don't know what the Lord is going to take, but, but if you're listening to God, and God says, hey, I want you to put your foot in, in the flood, then you, you got to do it, right? And so he says, hey, I want you to, I want you to join. Like, I, I want you, you know, I, I talked to somebody, we had six people baptized last week, Right? A whole family. Okay, what, what is the Lord? Like, what, what is the flood for you? And it, it's hard. It's scary, right? Sometimes you think, I'm going to get washed away, right? And it, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to keep listening. We're going to have a willing spirit. And lastly, uh, guys, we, we've got to do it all without complaint. Okay? You may not think that last part's important, but every time in the Old Testament that the people of God complained, their progress came to a screeching halt. Okay? Don't believe me. Go back and study the book of Exodus. Every time the people of God complained, they stopped right where they were. Right? So, so God is, is, is taking them uh, out of Egypt. He's taking them to the promised land. They're, they're on, on the way to, to the mountain of God where Moses is going to meet uh, with God face to face and, and, and he's going to give them you know, a law to live by, a way for their sin to be atoned for, and, uh, and, and, and instructions on how to build a place for him to, to dwell so he can be their God, they can be his people. It's like a short-term thing. Remember, they're on their way out and they come to water finally. They're in the desert and they come to water uh, and, and the water they drink is bitter. And they're like, oh God, give water. It's a little bitter, bro. Welcome. It's aqua, okay? Doesn't get any better than this. That's all you can get from here. Okay, maybe you get City of Elgin water, but aqua water sometimes a little, little, you know, woo, right? It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. I like it. I, actually, we're on aqua water, and I like it. I just have filters. That's all I'm saying. Um, you should have filters if you have city water, too. I love you. Um, it's not getting better, right? It's a little bitter. And, man, in, in, in their bitterness, as God provided water for them, they, they set up camp, and if you read on, Mata was not their final destination. God was sending them to an oasis with 72 palm trees and fresh springs. That's where they were supposed to camp, not in bitterness, right? It wasn't even their destination. And, and y'all, the people of God, and we are those people, we, we fall into this trap time and time and time again. And I'm just going to tell you, uh, just be prepared, ready? The next month around here is chaos. Somebody is going to do something that is going to step on your toes, all right? Somebody's going to move something, sell something, get rid of something, do something that uh, you're like, but that is not what I wanted. I know. Like, I got you, right? I, I, I feel you completely, okay? And it's not intentional. It's not, like, we're in a mode. We have, to, we have to get some things done. This last little bit ain't easy, right? And guess what? The next 30, 40 years won't be easy either. And along the way, I promise somebody is going to do something that is not the way you would have done it. And that is okay. As long as the message of Jesus Christ here does not change, our methods, it doesn't matter if they change, right? It doesn't matter. Message. It's only one way under heaven and earth by which man can be saved. His name is Jesus Christ. That's what we preach. From the rafters till we die, 
There's only one answer for our sin problem. His name is Jesus, okay? Everything else can change. You've got to be flexible. You've got to have a willing spirit. And we've got to be those people that do it without complaint. By the way, that is a command in Scripture, just in case you're wondering. I thought I was making it up. Philippians 2.14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Do it all. Do it all without grumbling or arguing. I hope you'll join me in this, y'all. Um, I hope you're all in. I hope God is, is, is making you into that willing spirit uh, that as, as we get closer and closer and closer, just know it's going to be interesting, right? It's going to be different, but God is going to be in it. I cannot wait to see the fruit of what God is going to do. Um, not just in our life as a church, but we're, we're, we're going through these messages because we want to see that in your own personal life too, all right? Would you guys pray with me? Father, thanks for loving us. Thanks for your word, which is good. Uh, man, God, help us be these people. Uh, the people that are willing, uh, servants, the people that are listening, the people that are saying, yes, Lord, the people that are uh, willing to, to step foot in the raging waters and, and trust that you are going to do what you said you're going to do. And, Lord, I, I just want to confess, uh, that, that's, I, I feel that way a little bit, man. I, 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 I know the numbers. I know where we are. I, like, like, I feel like those waters are raging. I know the timeline we've put before is like, it, it feels crazy. Um, but, God, if you tell us, to step forth, and we want to be those people. So help us respond in faith, God. Uh, and, and Lord, as we, as we trust you, oh God, deepen our love for you. Let, let us see your hand. Let us see your provision, Lord. We ask that, your holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen. Amen.